Hello and welcome to this week's Reorg Europe podcast. My name is Sean Qureshi and I'm a legal analyst in Reorg's London office. This week I'm joined by analyst Carolina Hiernonen, who will be discussing the progressing situation facing Spanish construction group Aldessa. And I'm also joined by reporter Daphne Frick, who will be discussing the standout deals in the busy primary market this week. So, Carolina, Aldissa is reportedly looking at refinancing its bond again. Can you walk us through what's going on there? Sure. Aldessa has two main debt maturities approaching. It's 100 million euro revolving credit facility expiring in May 2020 and 250 million euros of senior secure notes maturing in April 2021. It was reported that the main lender under the revolving credit facility Santander had already agreed to extend the facility to January 2021 while negotiations with the rest of the banks continue. Management said it expects the extension to be finalized during the summer. The group has successfully extended the same facility with the same banks twice before, so there is good reason to believe this will go through as planned. As for the notes, there are a few more moving parts. The group tried to redeem them in April last year with the proposed 300 million euro new issuance, but couldn't get an acceptable price. This was at a time when the construction industry was showing first signs of slowing down, with some high-profile failures in the space dragging down investor sentiment. In June, the group hired Alantra to advise it on on ways to refinance the notes, and we hear that some funds are meeting to discuss a direct refinancing. Realistically, the group still has about a year before it has to secure a refinancing. It has sufficient liquidity to meet its obligations for the time being, as it's generating enough cash for its interest payments. Okay, so what are some of the other key drivers to consider in terms of Aldessa's financials for the refinancing? One of the most important things to consider is Aldessa's structure and how it can boost value. The company is made up of a restricted group, which performs its construction activities, and an unrestricted group, where its investments sit. The investment portfolio in the unrestricted group comprises highway concessions, renewable energy assets, and some real estate. While there is significant debt in this group, some 265 million euros as of the latest quarter, or almost half of the group's consolidated debt, this debt is non-recourse to the parent and serviced directly from the cash flows of specific projects in question. These uh, cash flows tend to be more stable and less risky than those from contracting activities, as evidenced by the continued deleveraging within the unrestricted group. We understand that the net equity value in the unrestricted group is approximately 93 million, which adds important liquidity headroom for the company. There tends to be solid demand for these infrastructure type assets. And for example, at the end of 2018, the group disposed some significant photovoltaic and wind assets for total proceeds of 30.7 million euros. The disposals were a part of the group's asset rotation strategy. The key remaining assets are highway concessions in Mexico and Spain and an office building in Poland, as well as new renewable plants entering construction. Okay, so how about from a more operational perspective? What are some of the key developments to keep an eye on? The company reported larger than anticipated working capital outflows of 136 million euros during the first quarter of the year. As many failed construction companies went down because of problems in collecting cash on their projects and joint ventures, the initial reaction from the market was that a significant working capital outflow could be a first sign of trouble. But in fact, management had indicated changes in the group's backlog composition since the second quarter of 2018, with the expected consequence of tying in additional working capital. 
hospital. Looking at Aldese's backlog in more detail, it becomes clear that the group has indeed recently increased its number of more complex industrial projects, which often have payments flowing based on previously set milestones, explaining the additional working capital outflow. Once these projects reach these payment milestones, cash flow should reverse, which we expect to happen towards the end of the year when the group typically collects on its projects. According to our analysis, the group also has a larger than usual number of projects with expected completion during 2019. As long as the group does not significantly add to the proportion of these milestone-based projects in its backlog, which it has said it wouldn't do, the increase in working capital outlaw should be a one-off. We think that these outflows reported in the first quarter were not necessarily a sign of weakening collection at all, especially since adding milestone projects also means that the group is diversifying its counterparty base with less exposure to the public sector, which should similarly diversify the risk of untimely collections. Since dropping from the low 70s in May to mid-30s in early June, after the first quarter results were announced, the bonds have now recovered somewhat, trading in low 50s after reports of Aldesa winning some new key projects. Thanks, Carolina. Now, on to the primary market. Daphne, how, was, how busy was the high-yield bond market this week? Well, summer hasn't started for investors yet, as they have faced a wave of new bond and loan issuances. High-yield deals in the market include a wide range of issuers, marketing a total of 3.48 billion euros, including UK real estate investment company Vivian, Swedish beauty company Oriflame, UK fertilizer Sirius, private schools operator GEMS, Swedish credit management company Intram, and Spanish gaming group Sirisa. And some of these credits are not frequent issuer issuers either. The leveraged loans market was also, also busy, with credits such as Ineas Enterprise, Foncia, and Vesanen. The new loans in the market were mainly used to refinance existing debt and to support acquisitions. Okay, so are there any deals at the moment that stand out to you? Well, although there's a lot of variation in deals in the primary market right now, Oriflame is definitely an interesting name. It's a Swedish company, it has wide exposure to emerging markets, and it's hosting roadshows in the US and Europe until next week. Some people may know Oriflame's beauty products from the parties that customers would host for their family and friends, similar to Avon or Tupperware. But in more recent years, Oriflame has moved it, its business online. The proceeds of its 775 million euros equivalent senior secured bond will be used by the founders of Oriflame to buy out the shares that they do not own. Okay, great. So how would you describe the credit? Oriflame's expected ratings for the proposed issues are B1 and B plus by Moody's and S&P. The company has a solid e-commerce business model with a strong client base. It has a good mix of products, does very well on its skincare segment and has low capital requirements. However, the business has high exposure to emerging markets, including Turkey, Russia, Latin America, and Asia. Although it has already reduced its exposure to Russia, it is still seeing some slowdown in Asian countries. In combination with the high leverage, this is a point of attention for investors. At the same time, some investors question how sustainable the business model is, as Oriflame relies on online influ influencers and multi-level marketing to drive customers. Okay, next to beauty products. What else have investors been looking at in the primary market this week? In the leveraged loan market, Dutch organic food retailer Vesanen started marketing its 520 million euros debt package this week, which includes a 390 million euros covenant light term loan. 
Proceeds will support the planned 885 million euros buyout of Vesanen by private equity firm PIA Partners and Vesanen shareholder Charles Jobson. Brands from Vesanen that are probably most well known in the UK are Clipper Tea and Whole Earth from the organic peanut butter. Okay, so the market for organic food products must be quite attractive at the moment. How has the company been performing? Well, actually, competition is high in the organic food market, and Vesanen has been losing market share over the past couple of years. In its interim results, which were released last week, the group reported only a 0.5% improvement in revenue, 261 million euros. The group has been struggling in the Netherlands because of the rising popularity of organic products, as supermarket brands started offering cheaper products. At half year, Vesanen reported 20.9 million euros of net cash flow before financing activities, while cash flow from financing activities was negative 34.1 million euros. At the end of August, Vesanen will be organizing an extraordinary shareholders meeting to discuss the planned PIA takeover, while commitments from lenders are due on the 1st of August. Thanks, Daphne. That's all from us this week. We will be back in two weeks. Thanks. Thanks.